0: Is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern. And then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Would you believe me if I told you that what you think of as your personality, maybe you're hilarious shy, maybe you're a go-getter, or maybe you're a neat freak, what if I told you that might not actually be your personality, but rather a personality pattern? Or maybe have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like why you get so angry and yell when your kids are moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why it's hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit, and then they became a pattern. And now, as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. Interesting, right? There's five personality patterns. And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are, but rather what is blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can start to learn skills to break out of that pattern and live and parent our kids as our true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things. Parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home. And what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now, I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Motherhood Monday. I am so glad you started the week with me here on the pod. I'm your motherhood coach, Michelle Grosser. And for those of you who are new here on the podcast, Each Motherhood Monday, we explore a different character trait or family value and just practical ways that we can implement and focus on that value in the week ahead. And today we are talking all about emotional maturity. You guys know emotions and emotional nervous system regulation. Those are some of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm excited to focus on it today as it relates to our kids. Our emotional intelligence, our EQ, if you will, is our ability to Express our feelings and just manage them well. Manage them in a healthy way, right? While being respectful of the people around us and their feelings, too. And having a high EQ, I think, is way more valuable than having a high IQ. Uh, Like, think of your favorite people to be around. Your favorite people to work with. Your favorite leaders, right? They likely all have a really high EQ. That's what makes them so great to be around. But high EQ is also linked to high IQ. So kids with higher emotional intelligence, they also do better on standardized tests and they earn higher grades. And learning how to regulate, I think it really helps our kids. It helps them to focus better, right? It helps them to regulate their nerves and probably stay grounded during tests. It helps them to have the discipline to study. It's all tied together, And one of the greatest payoffs of a high EQ is better relationships. Better relationships with their friends, as their kids, and then as they learn and as they practice emotional intelligence, as they grow, they're developing the foundation for really beautiful partnerships and beautiful marriages. Great communication, it just flows from high EQ, right? Commitment, it stems from high EQ learning to navigate conflicts and disagreements, high EQ. There's this 19-year study that was published in the American Journal of Public Health, and it found that children's social and emotional skills in kindergarten can predict lifelong success. They found that children who are able to share and cooperate and follow directions at the age of five were way more likely to obtain college degrees and to be working full-time jobs by the age of 25. So the benefits of emotional intelligence, it just makes sense, right? A kid that has skills to calm themselves down when they're feeling upset, they're likely to do better in challenging circumstances. Kids who can express their emotions in a healthy way, just way more likely to have healthier relationships than a kid who screams, right, or says mean things when they're angry, Even, even really young, even in preschool. And the good news for us parents is that all of our kids have the capacity to learn emotional intelligence skills. They just need us to coach them right, and help them co-regulate until they can do it on their own. So today I put together three ways that I think we can encourage our kids as they grow in their emotional maturity. So the first one is really just helping our kids build their emotional vocabulary. Have you guys ever heard the expression, you've got to name it to tame it? And it's just that, right? It's helping our kids just grow that emotional vocabulary, just grow their ability to identify how they're feeling and then put a name to it. It really helps them grow their EQ. And it's something, especially as they're young, that we as our parents can get in the habit of doing. Just calling it out, just verbalizing what we're noticing. You know how when they're really young and we just talk and we narrate the whole day to them, like when they were newborns and really small infants, like we knew that the more that we spoke to them, the more that that was helping them to develop their language skills, that was helping them to speak, right? And we were saying things like, now I'm getting you dressed, this is your left leg going into your pants, and we were just talking to them all day long. And it's the same thing with their emotions, right? It's just verbalizing what we're observing. So maybe it's like, wow, I see you're getting really angry with your brother because he's not sharing that toy. Or I see you're really sad that you're not in the same class as your best friend this year. Or are you feeling a little nervous about your test tomorrow? Like kids need to know how to recognize what they're feeling. And we can help our kids by putting a name to their emotions Or at least the emotion that we suspect that they're feeling, right? And then they can tell us what it is that they're feeling once they're in tune with their body. Emotional words, you know, angry, I'm upset, feeling shy, this is painful. It can all help them to build a vocabulary to express their feelings. Same with the positive emotions, right? The things that are good to feel, joy, excited, thrilled, I'm feeling hopeful, There's so much value in them learning to identify and name their emotions. And it's also fostering this beautiful awareness of others' emotions, right? And that is the foundation for empathy and the compassion that we want them to grow into. And then the second thing is validate their feelings. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier, right? Reminding our kids that all of them is welcome. All of their emotions are okay. There is no judgment of emotions here. If that's what your body is feeling right now, let it out. I love you. You don't want to minimize what they're feeling. Even if it feels to us like they're overreacting, like maybe to us it doesn't make any sense why they're losing their ever-loving mind over not getting, I don't know, the green cereal bowl, but to their little nervous system, to their little body, it is a big deal. And when our kids are upset, especially when their emotions seem to be a bit on the dramatic side, it can be so tempting, believe you me, I know, to minimize how they're feeling. But dismissive comments, you know, they teach our kids that the way that they're feeling is wrong. So a better way we can approach it is just to validate their feelings and really just show them some empathy. Even if we don't understand it, I think we can all probably imagine a moment where we were really upset. And someone around us didn't understand it, right? All we needed in that moment was probably just a little empathy. We can turn and we can show that to our children. Even in just modeling the empathy, we're coaching regulation by staying regulated ourselves, right? Just in showing them that we can handle their big feelings, we're showing them how to stay regulated. So we want to acknowledge their frustration. We want to acknowledge their anger and then coach them through coping and you know, at first co-regulation skills and then self-regulation skills that they're going to need to express their emotions safely. Because if we do the opposite, if we do minimize their feelings or dismiss their feelings, which is how maybe some of you were raised by your parents, right? Judging and encouraging us to suppress those emotions. Like, are you seriously going to cry over that? It's not a big deal. Why are you so angry? Big girls don't cry. Boys don't cry. I mean, all of that encourages suppression of emotions that's really, really unhealthy for our bodies. Our nervous systems, they need that release. And that brings me to point number three, which is teaching our children to safely express their emotions. There's only two things we can do with our emotions, right? We either recycle them or we release them. We are, as human beings, we're in and out, beings. Everything we take in must come out, right? The food we take in, it comes out. The breath we breathe in comes out. The, you know, the things that we drink, they come out. Like everything that comes in must come out. And the same is true for our emotions. Our emotions are energy in motion. Emotions. So they're not meant to go in and stay stuck there and be suppressed. Like, we know the pressure cooker that creates, right? We've witnessed it when ourselves or someone we love, like, they lose it for something seemingly minor or unrelated. And we know it's not about that, right? It's because they've been suppressing their emotions. So when we feel emotions or when our kids feel emotions, there's two things that can happen. We either greet those emotions with judgment. This is bad. This is wrong. This is unacceptable. This is not appropriate, whatever it is we shove it right back down where it came from. Or, the healthier way, we greet them with compassion. And we understand that this is our body, this is our nervous system simply communicating with us, and we allow those emotions to express and pass. And this is intuitive for really young kids, right? Like, you don't see a lot of one-year-olds judging and suppressing their emotions. But it's much more likely to happen as they get older. And certainly in adulthood, right? Like we've all dealt with this. So, so what gives, what changes? Well, a lot of it has to do with whether our caregivers and whether us now as the caregivers, right, either encourage the expression of emotions or oppress it. So something I tell my kids all the time, all of them is welcome. All of their emotions are welcome. And all of them, all of their emotions being welcome, it does not mean they can do whatever they want or say whatever they want, or throw whatever they want, or hit whatever they want. It does not mean any of that. But it means that all of their emotions are welcome. They're all normal. It's all okay. I can handle all of it as their caregiver, as the adult in the room. I can hold space for all of it. And I will help them, and I will teach them, and I will coach them, and I will parent them to learn how to express all of their emotions in a healthy way in a way that's also socially appropriate, but in a way that is healthy for their nervous system. So it's okay for them to be totally bummed if I say they can't buy Hawaiian Punch at the grocery store, but it is not cool for them to start yelling and throwing things in the middle of the store, right? And is this easier said than done? Yes, of course, sometimes. But it really starts with us modeling the healthy expression of our emotions for them. I mean, studies show that Emotionally intelligent parents are more likely to have emotionally intelligent children. So make it a habit. Clearly focus on building your skills so you can be an effective role model for your kids. Episode 4, if you go all the way back to episode 4 of the podcast, it's all about teaching our kids self-regulation tools. And it is a really great place to start if you're looking for tools knowing how to calm themselves down, right? Down-regulating. Knowing how to give themselves energy, pump themselves up, up up-regulating. Or just moving through their fears. It can be really complicated for our little ones. It can be complicated for us as adults. So maybe it's a few deep breaths when they're angry, calming their body down. Maybe it's some shaking, and just shaking their extremities, shaking their body to release some anxiety, some energy. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's just holding their hand if you're at home there's so many things you can do to help them regulate coloring books right calming music their favorite blanket all of these things can help them regulate their emotions and what if you are in public and those big emotions come up i've been there you've probably been there i think one of the most powerful things we can do in that moment as a parent It's really just, well, first, make sure that we stay regulated. So have your tools in your back pocket, whatever it is that helps you stay calm. For me, it's always a deep breath and a, Lord, give me patience. (laughs) Lord, give me grace. Um, And then I can, and then I'm good, right? But the first thing is really just, one, self-regulating. And then two, acknowledging their emotion. Wow, I see. Not getting whatever it is they want, Hawaiian Bunch, is making you really mad, huh? I get it. Sometimes I feel really angry when things don't go my way too. I get it. And then sometimes I just ask them, like, what does your body feel like it needs right now? And sometimes they're still regulated enough to tell me, I just want to scream. Or I just want to punch something. <laughs> I just want to hit my pillow. And then I'll bring them somewhere where it's safe for them to do so, maybe in the car. Um, and then other times, They're just way too dysregulated to even be able to check in, right? That learning brain is shut off. They're not going to be able to tell me anything that makes any sense. Hulk brain has taken over and they have just crossed that line and gone over the edge, right? And all of you can probably relate to that type of meltdown, especially when you've been in public. And in those moments, it is just taking charge as the parent and removing them from wherever you're at. So that they don't hurt themselves, they don't hurt anyone else, they don't break anything. Um, So following my example, if you are at the grocery store, it's just picking them up, leaving the cart where it's at, and taking them outside. Taking them to the car, taking them to another room if you're someplace else, right, wherever. And then just letting them release the emotions safely and helping them to regulate. And that's the key, right? We, we actually really want to encourage the emotional release. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to stomp your feet in the grass outside. It's not okay to throw things or hit people when we're angry. But here's what we can do instead. Go scream into a pillow. Go outside and r- run around the house. Go jump in the pool and thrash around, right? And here's the thing actually encouraging our kids to feel those emotions and release them. As a parent, like let this sink in. If you're multitasking right now, come back to me. When our kids need that emotional release, it only takes about 60 to 90 seconds for that release, for the body to run its course, for our nervous system to let those emotions run their course. So instead of continuing to suppress those emotions and telling our kids, not now, be quiet, we're in public, I'm going to punish you when we get home, you know, or else, whatever, all of the stuff that tends to want to come up, if we just take them outside and let them actually feel those big emotions and release them, instead of hours of a power struggle or it's spiraling or them starting patterns where they're really learning how to suppress their emotions, right, we know that leads to anxiety, it leads to other physical manifestations of suppressed emotion, right? If they can learn to really feel the emotion instead and let it out, let it release, they're over it in about a minute. And then they can regulate, we can help them to regulate, and then everyone moves on. And here's something that when I started this coaching journey, I really, I was really learning and I really needed to wrap my head around and then really actually learn to embody myself, is that uncomfortable emotions, they serve a purpose. They're not just a nuisance, they serve a purpose. Our body is trying to do something through our emotions, it's trying to communicate with us. If you're standing on the edge of a cliff, right, anxiety is normal. It's a normal emotional response, it's meant to alert us to danger, but sometimes we experience fear, we experience anxiety, when our body is trying to protect us from things we no, no, we no longer need protection from. You know, think of the anxiety you might feel, going into a job interview or giving a speech on a stage, like you might feel a lot of anxiety from that. And that anxiety is trying to protect you. It's trying to protect you from feeling disappointed if you don't get the job, from feeling embarrassed if you fumble with your words on stage, from, I don't know, being rejected if the audience starts booing you, like whatever, right? But we can really share that insight with our kids, that mindset shift with our kids. If we take a minute to reflect all of our feelings, even the seemingly you know big bad ones, they all have a higher intention. They're all trying to protect us, trying to serve us in some way. And just having that awareness, teaching that to our kids as they grow, it's really powerful. Because it's how you learn to do the scary things in spite of the fear, in spite of the anxiety, in spite of the self-doubt, all the things. You realize that emotion's highest intention. You thank it for trying to protect you. And then you remind it like, hey, when I was five, I needed your protection. Thank you. But now I have the maturity, and I have the support system, and I have the skills, and I have the resilience, and I have all the things, and I'm okay. I don't need you to protect me anymore. I've got it. And friends, this shift is life-changing. Watch. Instead of resisting your emotions where they're going to persist, you embrace them, and you thank them and you tell them you've got it. Watch what happens in your life. And just teaching your kids, teaching them that from a really young age, man, what a powerful gift you're giving them. You're teaching them, just because you feel nervous about something, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea. You're afraid to join the soccer team, afraid to try out for the band, whatever it is, right? You're encouraging them, play anyway, try out anyway, face your fears. And when it's safe to do so, you're going to see that it's going to help them and that they learn that they're more capable than they think. And sometimes I think our kids become so used to avoiding the discomfort that they begin to lose confidence in themselves. And they start to think things like, man, I could never do that. That would be too scary. And as a result, they can miss out on a lot of opportunities in life. So it's really... This is such a beautiful chance for us to teach them like all of these things you're feeling are super normal and they're trying to protect you but you can still do this you can be called forward you can be called higher you can grow through this it's beautiful all right it is motherhood monday and we always end motherhood monday praying over our families together for the week ahead but before we jump into prayer today I want to know, have you ever wondered what it might be like to work with a life coach? Like maybe you've wondered if it's worth your time or your money, or maybe you're just not really sure what it would be like, like what you'd actually learn or walk away with. Well, I've got some really big news for you. Are you ready? It's called 100 by 100. And on November 1st, I'm going to be opening very limited spots to coach just a few women one-on-one for only $100. Yes, you heard that right. For less than the cost of a night out, you can have two 50-minute coaching sessions with me. 100 minutes for $100. This is the perfect way for you to get a feel for what it's like to work with me without having to make any big commitments. So put it on your calendar now. I'm only opening up 15 of these 100 by 100 packages. They're going to be available for purchase starting on November 1st. So just in time for the holidays. When they're gone, they are gone. So mark your calendar. Set the date. Set a reminder. Make sure you're following us on social media. You're on our email list. So you don't miss the details. More information to come on that in the next couple days. I'm so excited for it. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for the amazing gift of our children. We pray emotional maturity over their lives today, God. We pray that they understand that they are so loved, no matter what emotions are coming up for them, God. You are the creator of our emotions, and we thank you, God, for all of the emotions, the whole spectrum of them. Help us not to judge our emotions, God. Help us not to judge the emotions of others, Lord, but really just to greet them with compassion and to teach our kids to do the same. When our emotions feel overwhelming, God, we just pray. We pray that our kids would turn to you for comfort, God, and that you would help them heal with your unfailing love. Help them come to us as their parents, God. Help them come to you, Honestly and boldly, Lord, you're the one who truly knows their hearts. Help them to learn how to be uncomfortable. Help them learn how to be comfortable while being uncomfortable. We know those emotions, God, can sometimes be just a little tough. Help them learn, God. Help them learn the skills they need to process those emotions in a big, healthy way. Help them to get out of their heads, God. Help them to stop the ruminating, stop the spiraling, stop the obsessing. And instead, God, learn how to feel their emotions, how to connect with their bodies, God, so they can process those emotions and release them and move on, God. None of us, none of us were created to stay, tra- stay trapped or bound by our emotions, God. Our emotions weren't created to dictate how we live. So free us. Free us from anything emotionally. Free our kids from anything emotionally that's holding them back from walking in the calling you've placed on their lives, God. As their parents, give us patience, Lord. Give us peace. Give us grace. Give us kindness. Give us gentleness as we teach our children about their emotions. It can be really hard sometimes to just hold space for them, God, and let all of their big feelings come out, God, as they learn the tools for dealing with those emotions. So just be with us. Let us see their big feelings through your eyes, eyes of compassion, eyes of empathy, Lord. We thank you. We just thank you for being with us on this parenting journey that we don't have to parent our kids alone. Thank you. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village and more ways to connect with me If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.